2: Welcome in, Rob Black, and your money on Rob Black. Happy January 7th. Oh, wow, this year's already flying by. And I could still say Happy New Year, right? I don't know, it just seems like time moves a little bit faster the older you get. SP 500 today looking to break a rough start to the year. S&P 500's up 10, sitting at 18.37. The Dow up 117, sitting at 16,542. The Nasdaq up 29, sitting at 41.43. Um, happy days are here again. First couple of trading day sessions this year, not so good. Now, all wounds are better. I don't know if that's true, right? Some hot, top headlines of the day. Uh, Senate confirms Janet Yellen as a Fed chairman. Uh, That was very expected and likely. Another big headline out there today, Apple sold $10 billion in apps during 2013. That's a pretty impressive number. So Apple reported app downloads of almost 3 billion apps in December, making it a record month for its App Store. It offers 1 million apps for its iPhone, iPad, iPad Touch, it competes with Google's Android systems, and phones and tablets, Microsoft software. Um, that's a pretty big profit generator for Apple. How long will they be able to keep it up? I think that's fair to ask or to start thinking. J.P. Morgan is in the news today, a bank I love, um, only because people hate it. If people hated it, I would probably love it, and if people love it, I would probably hate it. It makes very little sense, but a lot of what works on Wall Street is going against the grain. Not everything that works on Wall Street is going against the grain. But sometimes a lot is. That's how you can create some value. J.P. Morgan is going to pay $1.7 billion to victims of manoff fraud. They're also expected to pay penalties to the Office of Comptroller of Currency, United States Treasury Department. Um, This is a frustrating one for me. Because clearly, if you or I did what some of these banks did, you or I would go to jail. Some people at JP Morgan probably should go to jail for help uh, instigating and instituting fraud. And yet, I'm okay with this, I think it comes with a territory. You know, another day, another billion-dollar penalty for J.P. Morgan. This time it's misdeeds related to Madoff. Stock's barely down. Stock's near its 52-week high. It is frustrating. Uh, because, like I said, if it was you or I, I get the feeling we'd be in jail. Get your calls in the air. It's 800 516 It's 800-516-1220. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. SP five hundred is looking to rebound. Consumer discretion and consumer staples healthcare doing well today. Weakness seen in energy, industrials, materials, telco services. Um, strength Day from Pfizer, United Healthcare, Johnson and Johnson. They're showing the biggest gains, healthcare. Outside healthcare, consumer discretionary doing well, financials doing well. Again, financials are again my third year in a row, the, the bet of my sector of the year. JetBlue Airways suspended operations overnight on at least 4,000, no, contributing to at least 4,092 flights yesterday being canceled. That's a lot of flights. And it transports, there's a Dow Jones Industrial uh, metric called Dow Jones Transports. And you can actually look at how it's doing up or down. And... uh as roads, as planes, trains and automobiles do well, so does companies like JetBlue. So does the bigger sense of the economy. So does you know, the price of oil, price of natural gas. You want to see this freeze, unfreeze, so we can get back to transporting. So when the Dow Jones Transport Index is at a 52-week high, typically it's a leading indicator. Say in the next six months the economy is going to do well because if these stocks, planes, trains, and automobiles are doing well, then the economy is probably moving some stuff. So if like UPS and FedEx are at 52-week highs, it's probably saying like people packaging goods and, and, and consuming goods. So this whole freeze, it stinks. It may give a buying opportunity to an improving U.S. economy. Improving U.S. economy should equal higher highs for the transports. But when you see four thousand flights canceled, you're like, "Oh boy, that's going to hit their bottom line, right?" To get your calls in there. It's eight hundred five one six twelve twenty. It's eight hundred five one six twelve twenty. I'd like some more calls this year. Uh, Janet Yellen has become the first woman to become chairman of the Federal Reserve. That is no surprise to anyone. Um, girl power. I'm not going to go that far. Hot financial banker from. San Francisco not going to go that far but it's nice to see you know just to give you some perspective uh, we now have a woman running the show as head of the FOMC the Chancellor of Germany the front running Democratic nominee for the 2006 presidential election CEOs CEOs GM, HP and Yahoo so it's an accomplishment it's sad that it's an accomplishment but it is an accomplishment uh, China and Japan a little weaker today. China's a, a country that if you paid attention to last year, it didn't really help. It was a lot of mixed data with a trend on the negative side and uh, Japan, if you paid attention to Japan, their' easing monetary policy, that helped. Japan's market up fifty percent last year. The United States market up one hundred and eighty percent in the last four years based on that easing of monetary policy. So rock, paper, scissors, easy monetary policy seems to be the the winner-take-all. Netflix downgraded by Morgan Stanley, linked, and they said competition, which is really, really interesting. Because I don't know anyone that says Hulu is the end-all, be-all. I don't know anyone that says Netflix is the end-all, be-all. I don't know anyone who says Amazon Prime is the end-all, be-all. Like when you start saying it's a chocolate link sausage, and you're like, ooh, I love chocolate link sausages. No one else makes chocolate-linked sausages. Uh, Be careful eating chocolate-linked sausages that fell in the snow. But you get the idea that Netflix is, you know, do they have competition, or do these services all kind of work with each other on some levels? LinkedIn got a downgrade as well. Uh, LinkedIn's just been a rock and rolling. I like LinkedIn's social ramifications more than I like Facebook's, but... I can't say that I, you know, if I were to say some companies that I think are going to do well this year, they all have growth tied towards Some LinkedIn, Facebook, Yelp. Uh, Netflix is going to be interesting because its valuation is stretched. If you get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. If anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. I've got an income seminar coming up, but income seminars aren't the most exciting and fun sexy things unless you're 55, 60 years old and you need income in retirement. Then it becomes suddenly fun and sexy. Retirement planning and bond alternatives, Palo Alto Elks Lodge, Thursday, January sixteenth, six thirty to nine. Talking about setting up an income strategy to last you till the day you die. Now you have to have a budget to stick to an income strategy, but you need both to go hand in hand. teacher uh, calls in there, it's eight hundred five one six, twelve twenty, it's 800-516-1220. The SP 500 hundred's up ten, the Dow's up hundred and seventeen, the Nasdaq up twenty nine.
3: week's KDOW business soft. for example. I mean, that's the 16,000. You're
1: listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW.
2: I'm always amazed when the headlines are Seattle woman achieves her New Year's goal of eating nothing but Starbucks food for 12 months. I don't get it. I guess I... The woman is legally named Beautiful Existence. (laughs) Okay, now I get it. She's a 49-year-old mother of two, tracked her daily intake on her blog and posted pictures of her meals to Instagram. Uh, A friend of mine just got followed on Instagram by Edward Sharp. That's pretty darn cool. Anyhow and anyway, I don't know. SP 500 is up 11 today. Dow is up 111. That's a coincidence. NASDAQ up 33. Joining me now, CFP Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. Part of creating wealth is ensuring what you can't afford to lose. Disability insurance ensures your ability to earn income. Homeowner's insurance ensures your home in case a tree falls on it. Life insurance, it ensures your income that you would lose if you died early, prematurely. Most of us don't.
4: Most of us don't like talking about life insurance, Chad, because it's all about death, my death. Yeah, I mean, you should really focus on disability insurance if you can't afford it, because it does get expensive, um, at least something like an Aflac, which gives you some short-term disability coverage if, you know, you break something and you can't work. Um, But life insurance is something that's very necessary if you have kids. And unfortunately, it's one of those areas where you start thinking about, you have children, you think about what happens if I pass away, and how do I save for my family, how do I send my kids for college, and that creates kind of a, uh, a golden situation for a life insurance agent to come in and sell somebody saying life insurance is the key to everything. It's the key to protect your income. It's the key to send your kids to college. It's a great investment tool. You can pull money out of it tax-free, and it's a great sales pitch, and a lot of people fall into that trap.
2: I know a guy who used to sell insurance just like that, and now he's driving a truck. Yeah, that's typically what happens. People are starting to learn that term life is the best way to get life insurance. Buy term and invest the rest. It's a phrase that pays for you, for me, for most of the people out there. Um, because you don't really need term life insurance. You don't really need life insurance on your children when they're 25, 30, 40, 45 years old. They don't need that big paycheck when dad dies.
4: Well, no. And you know, I mean, there's so many options in terms of maxing out your 401K, how much you can put into that, Roth IRAs, spousal IRAs. 529 plans, tax-efficient index funds. Life insurance um, has been very disappointing. So people get sold cash value life insurance saying, here's the great rates, the investments, and then you can take money out of it tax-free in the form of loans. But a lot of those policies are blowing up on people because the investments in the variable life insurance policies have done horribly, and the interest rates on the, the kind of the whole life or universal life have dropped in half. And so a lot of these people that were going to put a whole bunch of money in and then take money out of it at retirement are now finding that they're getting these bills saying your policy is going to lapse at age 60 unless you put more money in it, and you thought you bought a savings vehicle. So now people are wondering, what do they do? What do they do with these policies that they dump too much money in? And you don't need whole life insurance. You know, I had a grandmother pass
2: away a couple of years ago, 95 years old. Um, I'm glad she didn't have a million-dollar policy that she paid for her whole life up to 95 because she probably would have paid – 5 to $10 million into it to get a million back. Mm -hmm. Um, But I did get an oil well. I did get a farm. So instead of buying expensive insurance, she was buying assets that appreciate over time, and that's part of the inheritance per se.
4: Yeah, so here as a, you know, my experience in the business, I got into the business on the sales side. Everybody back, you know, almost 20 years ago when I got into it, it was commission-based world. And so um, I'm still licensed in insurance, but we do fee-based planning. Here's the instances where permanent life insurance comes into play. Okay. Everybody else should buy term and invest the difference. The 1% of the population that needs permanent insurance, number one is if you have a large pension from somewhere that okay. is going to go away if you pass away. Right. So you can look at saying, here's my lifetime if I don't take a spousal benefit, uh, and here is the option if I have a spousal benefit. but. The problem is when you take a pension and you have a spousal benefit, if a lot what if you both pass away early, then the company wins and your kids get nothing. So there's certain circumstances about probably about thirty percent of the pension planning I do. life insurance, taking the higher benefit where there's no spousal benefit and using some of the extra income to buy permanent life insurance for the spouse can make sense. Number two, estate planning issues. If you're doing a charitable remainder trust, you have a large estate that's over five million if you're single, ten million if you're married. Permanent insurance and an irrevocable life insurance trust is good estate planning tools. It, it creates liquidity um, at your death to pay the taxes and allows you to get some some income with a charitable trust. And finally, if you're a real high-income earner um, and you've maxed out all your options, you have a lot of money saved up, and you're looking for alternative savings vehicles, there's no-load or low-load life insurance that if you're that type of earner that's paying 39.6% federal, uh, you know 12% state with a Prop 30, and when I mean, you're talking about 1% of the population, then, and you've done a whole bunch of planning, and you're still younger and healthy, there's certain no-load low or low-load life insurance policies that can make investment sense. The average person, buy term and invest a difference. But, and we're running out of time, what if you bought the wrong insurance? Well, when, you, how do you get out? When do you get out? Well, what yeah, you need do to do... You leave money on the table? You, you, you could potentially leave money on the table. What you need to do is say, okay, if you've had it for 5, 10 years, is it worth keeping? You call and say, I want an in-force illustration... On my policy? How is it going to perform over the next 20 years? And um, if you have a taxable gain, you can roll it over somewhere else. Um, if you don't, you can just cash it in. But before you do that, before you roll it over or cash it in, make sure you apply and get the term insurance and put it in place before you make the changes on the other policy.
2: Sounds good.
4: You can find Chad Burton at
2: NewFocusFinancial.com. It's NewFocusFinancial.com. I'm Rob Black. 4K televisions last year at CES were a big story. This year, 4K content is the story. Netflix CEO Reed Hastings took the stage at Sunday's press conference to announce that all new Netflix original programming will be shot in 4K, a perfect fit for a company to push 4K. Um, Sunday's promoting new 4K televisions. It's nice to be able to retrofit everything going forward instead of Uh, having special screen sizes for devices in the future for content. Um, Netflix Ultra HD service will work at bit rates under 15 megabits per second. Uh, So, interesting to see what's coming out of CES. Sometimes it's a little shocking. And again, what comes out of CES isn't necessarily going to be what we're consuming in technology. It's a lot like the car show. Sometimes these are just concept cars to see what interest there are out there. Uh, But 4K... Do I need it at this point in time? In my home, I've got a pretty average high-definition television and a pretty good high-definition television. Um, How soon am I ready for a pretty great high-definition television? And then what after that? What after that? What after that? I'm changing my name to Beautiful Existence, like the woman from Seattle. Or Angry Dude, something. Help name me. 800 516 1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800 516 1220 Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about money investing and more. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Don't be shy.
3: Like do say we're so happy. It's easy when you're young and you still want it so badly. And
1: Online at robblack.com dot com. Now back to Rob Black and your money on AM twelve twenty KDOW.
3: You're
2: listening to me, Rob Black, talking on all things financial, money, invested in more. One of the things that I like to do is be prepared for things that I didn't see coming. I like coming up with best case scenarios, I like coming up with worst case scenarios. And money it's critical. So it helps you make a decision that's more rational versus, you know, well that seems like a one time thing. Sometimes one time things can become two times things, can become, you know, third flag. I don't want to be and I'm quoting someone, in my fifties, renting a house, making over two hundred K and barely getting by. I don't want to be that person. So what I want to be is in control. There's an analyst out there that some people love and some people hate. His name's Byron Wien. He works with a group called Blackstone Group, one of the wealthiest groups in the world. His 2000 predictions were disastrous. His 2012 picks for the year were pretty right on. Now, he has a list called Surprises for 2014. Again, when you have a list that's called Surprises, it's going to have some things that don't happen. You know, one thing that I always say out there is be prepared for the unprepared, you know, for the, the, the freak. The brutal cold that's shutting down roads, planes, and trains. I saw a pilot today say, I've never seen that much ice on, a, on the wing. <laughs> it goes over the PA system of a plane. That would make me want off said plane. But no one could have predicted that brutal cold. You know, meteorologists seems. I think we're all kind of a leery eye on it, that it's as much of a science as it can be, but it's not that much science. Weather will do what weather will do. But no one could have predicted a cold spell. How long does it last? What does that do to natural gas price? What does it do to oil prices? The cold in New York City? It doesn't affect me, but yes, it does. Oil prices move higher. My gas prices move higher. The amount of money that I have left over is less. So Byron Ween defines a surprise as an event with which the average investor would only assign about a one of three chance of taking place. He believes probable is better than 50%. So his list of top ten surprises I think are always worth paying attention to because one or two of them are going to come true. And how you react to it when it does is pretty important. Number one on his list was we experienced a Dickinsonian, Charles Dickens, Charles Dickinsonian market with the best of times and the worst of times. The worst comes from first as geopolitical problems coupled with euphoric extremes lead to a sharp correction of more than 10%. The best then follows with move to new highs as the S P 500 approaches a 20% total return by the end of the year. So he sees only a one in three chance of this happening, where basically right now everyone's like rushing money in the stock market. You can see this in ETF mutual fund inflows. The average investor wants back in. Again, the average investor wanted out five years ago when the market was low. Then it runs up 180%, and the average investor wants back in. That tells you something, that we're euphoric at this point in time. Now I like the way his prediction ends there. He says a 20% total return. And it's pretty hard for me to argue this one through without saying, you know, Europe looks pretty improved. Uh, Banks in the United States are getting hit with billion-dollar fines, and it's rolling right off of them. Japan, their monetary easing, look what it did for the U.S. I would not underestimate that. Next up on this top ten surprises for 2014, the U.S. economy finally breaks out of its doldrums. Growth exceeds 3% And unemployment rate moves towards 6% Fed tapering proves to be a non-event Okay We know that we're in a shift right now As we went through a very long recession A very hard recession in the United States It was called the Great Recession And then the jobless recovery Was a longer jobless recovery than historical norms And now he says let's get back to the norms Growth over 3%, unemployment rate of 6%, the Fed should taper, and everyone should be okay. He sees a 1 in 3 chance of this being the case. I think the unemployment rate of 6% feels a little bit too um, optimistic. But again, this is a list that's meant to be argued. It's not meant to be right or wrong. And it's okay to argue. Number 3 on his list the strength of the U.S. economy relative to Europe and Japan allows the dollar to strengthen. The strength of the U.S. economy relative to Japan and Europe allows the dollar to strengthen. Okay. I could buy that. Japan is easing their money. So, the dollar versus Japan, absolutely us. Europe really outperformed us for about 10 years in their currency. So, I wouldn't think it crazy that we have a catch up year, a Heinz year per se. Next up on his list of top 10 surprises Number 4 comes in Shinzu Abe The only world leader who understands that Dick Cheney was right When he said that deficits don't matter Continues his aggressive fiscal and monetary expansion The Nikkei 225 reaches 18,000 early in the year But the increase in the sales tax The aging population the declining workforce Finally begin to take their toll And the market suffers a sharp 20% correction in the second half I think that's a bold statement 20% correction And again, that's why it's only got a 1 in 3 chance in his mind you never know when corrections are going to come. They just come. And they come in the funniest little ways. I like he quoted Dick Cheney as, Deficits don't matter. When I was 20, 21, I had a girlfriend and met her dad. and He said, "Bob, you're always going to have debt in your life. There's good debt, there's bad debt. Just get used to it. Go with it. It's okay. It's not worth fighting over. It's not worth yelling over. And I think Dick Cheney's kind of right that deficits don't matter. In that you will always have debt in the United States. Now, what percentage of debt is your GDP is important. I know you're saying, you're quoting Dick Cheney. Didn't see that one coming like a Mack train. Mack truck. (laughs) That's funny. Uh, Number five on this, China's third plenum. Policies to rebalance the economy toward the consumer and away from the dependence on investment spending. Slow the growth rate in China down to 6%. Chinese mainland traded equities have another disappointing year. New leaders emphasize that their program is best for the country in the long run. Only one in three. So he's, it's almost sarcasm. So China's got a problem in the fact that they used to manufacture for the world, and they didn't really have consumers. The United States, we have a, a, a blessing that we let others manufacture. Their country with low paying jobs and low pay with environmental issues. So, yeah, I'm not going to comment too much on every one of these, just it's not worth, you know, add your own color. Emerging market number six on this list emerging market investing continues to prove treacherous. Strong leadership and growth policies in Mexico and South Korea result in significant appreciation of their equities, but other emerging markets fail to follow their performance. I love South Korea. And, you know, I don't know enough about Mexico's economy. I know enough. But I don't know everything that I need to know to... to... The thing I love about South Korea is they have a very smart workforce. And Samsung beat Sony. And 20 years ago, you would never have said that out loud. And Samsung's pretty good competition to Apple. Kia's got, you know, their sales uh, of cars are doing much better than anyone no ever expected. I would not underestimate South Korea and the strength of their youth as well as their education. Number seven on the list, in spite of increased U.S. production, the price of West Texas Intermediate Crude exceeds $110 a barrel. Demand from developing economies continue to outweigh conservation and reduce consumption in the developed world. Hmm. Okay. It's tough to see West Texas at 110. so I see why he makes it as a surprise. Because right now there's a glut of oil, and we're fracking. Um, And the frackers are winning the battle against the environmentalists on, you know, does it go forward or not. Number eight on his list. The rising standard of living and the shift to more consumer-oriented economies in the emerging markets result in a reversal of the decline in agricultural commodity prices. This rising standard of living and the shift to more consumer oriented economies in emerging markets results in the reverse of the decline in agriculture. Okay? Interesting. Hmm. So, he sees the cost of food going higher as the rest of the world does okay. Europe comes out of their funk. Asia continues to grow. The emerging markets, the developing markets contribute. And because of that, we're eating more proteins. We're eating more complex foods. Number nine on his list: the strength of the U.S. economy coupled with somewhat higher inflation causes, the yield on the ten-year treasury to rise to four percent. Wow. That would be a surprise. I think most people see it three and a half percent highest. Short-term rate stays near zero, but the increase in intermediate-term yields has a negative impact on housing and positive effect on the dollar. So he's seeing some inflation in the longer term. Inflation's great. Uh, in moderation I do everything in moderation I do moderate exercise in moderation the Affordable Care Act finally has a remarkable turnaround the computer access problems are significantly diminished and younger people begin signing up Obama's approval ratings rise in November elections the Democrats not only retain control of the Senate but they also gain seats in the House now again he
4: also says
2: these are surprises he doesn't expect them to happen only a one in three chance of happening Those are good things to think about. That's a pretty good agenda to think about what can play out in 2014. Find me online at RobBlack.com. AM
1: 1220 KDOW Traffic.
5: Good morning. Do you have an accident in Concord slowing you down?
1: Rob Black and your money on A-1220 KDOW and I Heart Radio station.
2: Welcome back in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. One of the big acts of 2013 was Lords, super young girl hitting a number one song. Youngest person in the world to hit a number one song. she should be my Cyrus by a couple of weeks or months or something along those lines. But I recently saw a show on Palladium, which I'd rather watch live music than Bachelor. Bachelorette. They just call me crazy, but I'd rather watch live music. Um, and Lords was playing, and what was peculiar about it is I don't know if she's really singing. Now, I know that you could say this. The show was probably lip-syncing, right? I don't know if that's really her voice. Like, it doesn't really match in any way, shape, or form. But, okay, I know. You're saying you're a conspiracy nut. I don't believe in UFOs traveling from planet to planet. I do believe in Sasquatch. He's a big, super hairy guy in New Jersey. I saw him once on the beach. Um, and I do believe that some singers aren't really performing. So... Um, and I do think we're incredibly manipulated by media. So, here was an interesting story that totally plays into me. Dentists and vets, bikini waxers, are now making house calls. You don't ever have to leave your house ever again. And I kind of like that. So, there's a house call dentists, and they're all over New York and all over San Francisco. Um, stay at home need a bikini wax a lip wax people are willing to come to you and give the day spa treatment to you in your home veterinarians roughly 9 in 10 pet owners say they consider their pet a family member uh, there's publicly traded companies like Woof that obviously play into this Woof is a vet company that is basically uh, oh, and for the record I should probably say their correct name because um, that's a little confusing. But it's the ticker symbol as well. It's VCA Antech, and you've probably seen VCA Antechs in your neighborhood. And this is a company that had just a great run in the 19, in the early 2000s. You know, that economy, I don't want to get married, I don't want to have kids. I certainly don't want to have kids in this economy because I may lose my job. Um, this company's had a good run since 2012. It's had a great run since 2002. But it got way overpriced in 2008. And when it's overpriced, things have to go for perfection. Things don't always go perfectly. Let me give you an example. Um, this company will buy a a vet shop in Redwood City. It will buy a vet shop in Palo Alto. And the Redwood City one was really concerned The Palo Alto. That vet was, how shall we say, cooking the books. So
3: it ebbs and flows a little bit.
2: It's a stock that I pay attention to. I think you can sink your teeth into pet stocks. Because if you've had a pet, you know that it's expensive. Americans spend $61 billion a year on their pets. I've got, I've got Maisie the Wonder Dog. And uh, she sprained a, a thigh or something recently. And as she's gotten older, I've gotten a little less proactive in some of her. Uh, Oh, she's got an age spot. I'll just let that one sit on her. So until it gets to, like, a cancerous growth and you have it taken off. But consistent growth, strong balance sheets, ever-expanding market, favorable tailwinds for, you know, growth in in pet stocks. There's other companies, but Wolf is probably the easiest one for you to look at. It's Animal Hospital Laboratory. Growing footprint. Shares are up 33% over the past year. They've placed record revenues of 23% increase in operating income. Uh, the diagnostic testing and device market has much higher margins, but it also has powerful competitors like IDEX Laboratories and Core Laboratories. So VCA Antech does testing. It also does vets. It's pretty interesting. Uh, there's a company that does PetMed Express. If you want to give your dog or cat a shot, you could do it. <laughs> but make sure your pet needs it, right? So you have to get a prescription, and then you can get the, the drug sent to you. PetMed Express has margins of over 25%. So investing in animals, I'm not saying it's appropriate for you because to, for me to really believe that is kind of crazy because I don't think you could read a balance sheet, a financial statement, a profit and loss. I think you think you could invest in a company and have enough power. But if you do, I think go dumber. Start with Nike. But watch out. Um, it doesn't always go that smoothly. Dog groomers will come to your house now, facialists will come to your house, get that hairy mustache that you need taken off. I'm not talking about you men. You you hipsters. Hairstylists will come to your house, so the, as the economy changes, this is stuff that we used to have to go to them, but now they're willing to come to us. More people are moving to the state of Oregon now because it's got a cheaper lifestyle than say California. A home in Portland costs two hundred and eighty five thousand dollars in San Francisco it's eight hundred eighty one thousand dollars. More people are moving to South Carolina. People are looking for lifestyles with jobs and affordability. They want entertainment if it's there? Absolutely. But when I tell you you can buy three houses in Portland or one house in San Francisco, you get why people are going to Oregon and Portland in particular. If I were under the age of 30, I would strongly consider moving to Portland, Seattle, Denver, if I wanted to stay on the West Coast. If I'm willing to go to the East Coast, Nashville, Raleigh, Durham, um, maybe Atlanta, uh, Austin. That's where you get good lifestyle, cheap housing, and jobs. Oklahoma City. I don't even know where Oklahoma City is. I don't think I could find Oklahoma City on a map. Should I be embarrassed by that? At least I can admit it. 800-516-1220 800-516-1220 800-516-1220 Get your calls on the air This is not a practice run This is your life Take it seriously i got a retirement event coming up for income In Palo Alto at the Elks Lodge On the 16th Three days after I have surgery Uh oh What's he having surgery for? Retirement planning bond alternative seminar You can sign up for the event at robblack.com It's robblack.com the Real Estate Report
1: with Tony Mendez. This is Tony Mendez from The Real Estate Report here on KBOW. Listen in on Tuesday
3: nights. So much financially after college. Strategies and solutions. Watch Boomer's Brain Trust online at moneybizlife.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network. This station, its management, owners, or advertisers. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you. At 800-516-1220. So call in, we'll chat, and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network.
2: Welcome in. I'm Rob Black, your buddy. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Don't be shy. Pick up the phone, give me a call. 800 516 1220 I keep saying that and no one calls. No one's listening. No one. I'm doing a monologue. Um, Love the day and age that we live in And this is just There's two Twitter stories that Show you why you should consider Twitter Right now Analysts don't like Twitter And don't buy now So the broker advisor before taking action on any stocks mentioned. But This is why you should consider it And let's go with the negative one first Because I think that's just a better angle First and foremost I don't like buying IPOs until they're at least Nine months old Maybe a year some very special unique circumstances if it gets way oversold but you have to have standards and one of my standards in life is I like, you know I can't date an 18 year old woman it wouldn't work I certainly couldn't date a 16 year old woman but I can't date an 18 year old woman so you have some standards right? 21? nah, too young then you start getting into, it depends on how the person was raised and if they saw the world or didn't, if they had good parenting. Have they gone through trauma, no trauma? Have they lived a privileged life? Do they expect everything? Like It, just, it starts to become a lot more palatable, potentially. Same thing with IPOs. I want to see, have they gone through a good time, bad time? How have they matured through the good time, bad time? They've had some insider fights. They've had problems, you know, getting and keeping employees. Google has a massive fight. Apple has a massive fight for employees. They have to offer perks like sushi. They have to offer perks like a college campus. They have to offer perks like uh, sleep pods. Google's got water fountains that have five different waters that run from tap to sparkling to ambient. Like, I can't make this stuff up. Perks are important. So, Twitter is one of those companies that I'm looking at, and I'm trying to figure out for you. Facebook, I get. Facebook's got a good year or two. And then they're going to run into the problem of it's not cool with teenagers. And teenagers are actually splitting off because they don't want mom and dad following them. And they certainly don't want mom and dad spying on them. So they're starting to you know, go off and like, I think Snapchat has a huge future can you imagine how many people wouldn't have gone to jail or how many companies wouldn't have faced fines had the information they were sharing with each other been deleted automatically can you imagine some of the things like Tiger Woods never would have gotten in trouble with his wife well maybe it would have come out eventually and again I'm not saying you know, infidelity and, and stealing are the reasons to buy a company Although maybe it looks that way, um, I know some people who won't have you know profiles online because it just leads to you know people hacking it, people uh, getting into that information, using it against you in a negative way. But AJ McCarron's mother, who her son goes to Alabama, and he. Went out of his way to say I'm rooting for Auburn, and she went out of her way to say I'm rooting for Auburn in the BCS national championship game last night. And she's got four four young boys, and she's got a right to free speech. I stand by that. Um, AJ McHearn's mom asked if Jameson Winston is speaking English, so she tweeted during the broadcast that after Florida State had an amazing game. I mean, seriously, that was pretty damn good. Uh, final three minutes she goes am I listening to English she tweets so there's some adversity to that her son's about to be drafted is she affected? Is she going to cost her kid you know, millions and millions of dollars do advertisers want to be associated with that she comes right back out and says anyone that knows our family knows we're far from racist my tweet was not in any way meant that way I sincerely apologize if I offended anyone she deleted the original tweet Tweet. So right there, hundreds and thousands of people, millions of people will know that, that you know, there's an issue. Now, the other one that I want to talk about to show you the power of Twitter is tied towards um, AMC. AMC had a truly remarkable year on Twitter. And if you take a look at the numbers of their shows and people tweeting about them, you quickly start to figure out why Twitter is important. Okay, first and foremost, Twitter's about advertising. Facebook's about advertising. Television broadcast is about advertising. How many eyeballs see your content? Nielsen released its year in television viewership analytics. And AMC dominated Twitter. So Breaking Bad, average unique audience, was about 6 million people. Uh, But when you start to look at the tweets, about 521,000. So unique tweets, average tweets, Twitter chatter, 6 million people an episode. Walking Dead generated 4.8 million Twitter users. Tied towards talking about The Walking Dead and zombies. Now, Breaking Bad, Walter White was famous for. The writers would write in like, he comes out wearing gym shorts, and he'd come out wearing tidy whiteies. So Tide would come in and say, you know, Brian Cranston in future jobs. If you ever need to clean those tidy whiteies, please consider Tide. Hashtag Breaking Bad. Hashtag Tide. Hashtag Awesome sense of humor so 4.8 million people on twitter is a lot of eyeballs on one show six million per episode tweets tied towards your show is a lot of people and that's why twitter is going to be important if it stays a form of communication especially amongst teenagers if it could show some growth A lot of teenagers would rather tweet each other versus email. Email is turning into a fax machine. If I were to tell, like, let's say we're 30 years old and I'm dating an HR person upstairs, I'm like, "Um, I'll fax you a little later about our plans tonight. You'd be like, that's archaic. That's what email is starting to look like. It looks like a fax. It is not good. So people are very in the AOL emails. <laughs> Don't get me started, old people. So anyhow and anyway, I think you get the point of what I'm trying to say about Twitter. It's all about eyeballs, and with Facebook, every single quarter from now for the next two or three years, you're gonna how are you doing with teenagers? How are you doing with teenagers? And the moment Zuckerberg says you know good or bad, you'll see that stock move. It's all about eyeballs. Now, if you're not alcoholic, it's all about highballs. So, if you don't know what a highball is, then you're going to get poor pour liquor. Pull man's liquor. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. You can find me on Twitter, by the way, Rob Black Show. You can find me on YouTube, Rob Black Show. You can find me online at robblack.com. Got an event coming up Thursday, the 16th, an income seminar for retirees. How to have income till the day you die. Al Alto. It's good for everybody. You should learn about this stuff, even if you're far from retirement. You can sign up at RobBlack.com. It's RobBlack.com. It's coming up in a little over a week. About 10 days roughly. We'll take a break here. We'll be right back. MoneyBizLife.com Hey! Good day to you.
1: I'm
3: Bob Moon with the Bloomberg Market.
1: Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220
2: KDOW. Welcome back in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Um, I have a website, Facebook group page, I Hate Rob Black, as well as cron 4. Rob Black where I put up interviews, segments that I've done, television segments, radio segments. Again, it's Facebook, Cron4, Rob Black, as well as a group page, I Hate Rob Black. Um, That's me. Got an event coming up Thursday, the 16th in Palo Alto at the Elks Lodge, tied towards income and retirement. It's a little bit more complicated than most people assume something you should pay attention to, especially if you're close to retirement. But also, if you want to learn about things like this, let's go to Larry in Palo Alto. Larry, how are you?
3: Fine. Thank you. What's up? So I had a question. In one of the shows before the holidays, Chad Burton mentioned that one should look at their portfolios. You know, how did they do after the last
4: three bubbles burst? And I know about the dot-com bubble and the real estate bubble of 2008. I was wondering what the third bubble Chad was mentioning.
3: You'd have to talk to Chad.
0: Okay. uh, I'll call him when he's on. Okay. Sure. sure.
2: Thanks. He does a show from 1 to 2 here on KOW 1220. You can talk to him. Uh, He does a show from 1 to 2. Um, You know, bubbles come in very shapes and sizes and forms. Right now, real estate looks like a bubble, but there's so little inventory. Is it really a bubble? The affordability of a home is not very affordable. It became more affordable after 2006 when that bubble kind of burst. Um, Debt is considered to be a bubble. Uh, It really depends on what you're going to define as a bubble I guess is what it comes down to um China has bubbly tendency you think clouds are scary? so 800-516-1220 to get calls in the air it's 800-516-1220 to get calls on the air um it's difficult to really talk about bubbles it's kind of an odd, odd concept um There's a price bubble, there's a financial bubble, there's a speculative bubble, an economic bubble. Um, I think the next big bubble is Mr. Bubble. Bubbles are when asset prices appear to be based on inconsistent views of the future. Um, You don't look at intrinsic value. You know, when I said earlier in the show today that you could buy three homes in Portland for the price of one home in San Francisco, that's pretty scary. If interest rates were to move up from you know, 4.5% on a 30-year fixed mortgage to 6.5%, which is kind of a historical norm, you would see prices fall 20%, because that's affordability would fall 20%. So there's a lot of psychological factors. There's a lot of greater fool theories tied towards bubbles. The term bubble, in reference to financial crisis, it started with the 1711 South Sea Bubble, it also was tied towards the Dutch tulip mania so the South Sea bubble were the companies themselves rather than the crisis I think the Dutch tulip mania is probably a little bit more easily explained so tulip mania hit the Dutch golden age where tulips sold for more than 10 times the annual income of a skilled craftsperson a flower can you imagine if you that you milk money on a flower and then you forget to water it. The tulip is known as a viceroy. So, depending on its size, a gilder would earn 300, a craftsman would earn 300 guilders a year, and they went for as much as 4,150 guilders. So, there was a great book that everyone should kind of take a look at. Maybe you want to read the cliff notes, that's fine. Uh, journalist named Charles McKay. He wrote the book Extraordinary Popular Delusions and the Madness of Crowds. And it really set up for a lot of the craziness that speculative manias have led to in the United States and in U.S. markets. Um, the psychology of bubbles, where there's a greater fool if someone's going to buy it from me. Someone on my street paid $1.4 million to the same house that I paid a million dollars for as far as square footage. It's a good school district. It's in a good city. Um, it's close to Palo Alto. It's close to jobs. Like, the, the mechanics of what you look for in a, a home as far as, you know, potential value. So my home went up in value because a greater fool moved in and said, I think it's going to go even higher. There's a herding mentality. Now, inventory is incredibly low, so there's, that kind of offsets some of the, the bubble angle. Herding, which is a behavioral fan, finance term, where, you know you start thinking well everyone is going to invest in Facebook I'm going to invest in Facebook I'm going to go follow the herd and you know it will become a self-fulfilling prophecy there's the silver bubble the dot-com bubble uh, the uranium bubble the uranium bubble of 2007 uh, I know Australia had a big real estate bubble in 2009 which is funny because there's a There was a radio show that used to talk about investing in Australia. It's like investing in Dallas. I would not invest in Texas. And here's the reason why, is because people in Texas should invest in Texas. You should always invest locally. You should invest in what you know. And then you're starting to trust others who have a stake in the game, a transaction stake sometimes. Sometimes a commission stake. Sometimes a kickback stake. There was a big railway mania in the 1840s United States. Um, Japanese asset price bubble in the 1980s. The Asian financial crisis in the late 90s. So I'm not really sure which one Chad Burton was referring to. Um, Although Chad Burton and I are friends. um, And he is a really sweet guy. Like, you ever meet someone who's just nice, like, almost all the time, and you're like, have a bad day, because you're going to explode if you don't? Um, Really sweet guy. Um, That's all I have on Bubbles. Coming up, more on Bubbles. (laughs) More Bubbles on the All Bubble Network. One of my favorite commercials ever in television was MTV back in the late 80s, early 90s. And they said, blah, blah, teleblah. And that about sums it up. And that about sums it up. This is crazy. Jerry Sandusky. Um, Penn State. He's trying to get his pension back from the college while in prison. When you hear stories like that, you're just like, oof, oof, oof. Like, I'm not touching that one you find me online at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. What do you think about Twitter? Is it relevant? What do you think about Facebook? Will it fade? Drop me an email rob at robblack.com. It's rob at robblack.com. We'll take a break here. Be right back.
1: to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW.
2: Welcome in, Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black, talking on things financial, money investing, and more. John Malone is in charge of Liberty Media, and he is quite uh, a media player in packaging. Liberty Media made an all-stock $10.6 billion off last week for the 47% of Sirius XM it does now, and Liberty Media already is the largest shareholder in Charter, which may bid $62 billion for Time Warner Cable. Liberty Media does financing really well. They've really taken advantage of the low market interest rate environment. So Malone, pretty smart guy. Now, I'm not going to say that everyone listening to this show will, will grasp what he does or even come close. I don't. Some of his offerings, uh, wanting to get rid of, he's, he's been nicknamed the Cable Cowboy, which I don't have a cool nickname like that. If anyone wants to come up with one for me, I would love it. Uh, but I'm not the Cable Cowboy. I wish I were. I'm not the stock market cowboy. I wish I were. Yippee ki yay! I'm a cowboy. Um, But he's a pretty smart guy. He's someone you should pay attention to. You know, if he sees a trend that 4G is going to get into cars and that's going to significantly hurt AM and FM radio stations, he'll sell AM and FM radio stations. He'll buy Pandora if he thinks 4G is going to be the next big thing in cars. And Pandora would benefit from that. If you look at the number of music downloads last year versus the number of streams, you have to make arguments and everything you own as an investor, especially in media. you get your calls in the air, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. We're having a positive day on Wall Street. It's kind of nice to see. The SP 500 is up 11. The Dow's up 120. The NASDAQ is up 37. Joining me now CFP Chad Burton. He is a certified financial planner. A lot of what we talk about, Chad, is max out your 401k, Buy a sensible house. Keep earning money. Support your kids. Send them to college. And sometimes it, that's great, but it ends at 50, 55, 60 that you've done all this great stuff. You've created wealth, and you're tired, and you, you're tired of your spouse. <laughs> you know, like what used to be a spark and fun just ain't a spark and fun anymore, and you get divorced. Divorce after 50, the gray
4: divorce. Let's talk a little bit about it. Oh, man. It's, it's uh... unwinding what you've created. Yeah, it's, and it's shocking. Um, at least it's a divorce that typically the, the children are grown, so it's not. Uh, at least it's not a custody fight type of divorce, which is extremely unless expensive. You're Steve, unless you're Steve Martin. Oh. You just had a kid at 67. Yeah. <laughs> you're so much more into the, what's going on in the media and entertainment Dude, world. I, I thought start? Steve Martin was dead, for all I know. His, kids could be His comedy died he's... about 20 years ago. <laughs> His kids gonna be eighteen when he's eighty five years old. Yeah. Can you imagine oh, having a daughter at eighty? That's just not even fair to the kid. I agree. It's not. They they just miss out on hey playing catch with dad. Well, dad would have played catch, but he broke his hip. There
2: you go. <laughs> but at least the kid's gonna get a whopping inheritance if Steve Martin. Did, That's true. Did well. He will
4: you will inherit money earlier. That's he he hit a lotto
2: so to speak. <laughs> so anyway, let's back to the gray divorce. You create an estate plan with your sugar Booker. You create retirement accounts with your sugar Booker. Maybe your sugar burger stayed at home and raised the kids, so Social Security is a little bit different. Unwinding all that is emotional, and it's complex.
4: Yeah, the, well, especially if there's a pension involved, how you split retirement accounts. Um,
2: what does happen with a pension?
4: Well, a woman's, woman's married to a firefighter, and he divorces her? When it comes to the pension, so the, all of that is negotiated, Okay. and there's a couple ways to negotiate it. You can either – you have your advisors, because a lot of times – um, accountants or CFPs will contract with a divorce attorney to calculate things like the present value of pensions. Because a lot of times there's lump sums and there's pensions, so you have to calculate the present value of the pension and either negotiate taking that in the form of a lump sum out of a 401K or some other asset. The, what, what comes into play is when you're calculating those present values of pensions to use the right rates of return. Um, th- use the right life expectancies because I still see CPAs say, okay, well, it's a pension. I'm going to use a six, seven, eight percent rate of return, which will drastically decrease the lump sum value. No, that's not what that's not what safe money grows at these days. Safe money grows at a very low rate, so that should warrant a larger chunk out of the 401k. What happens when you split those retirement assets, Rob? Once it's all negotiated on the divorce decree, once a divorce decree is signed and final. You have to have a separate attorney write up what's called a Quadro, Qualified Domestic Relation Order, and that's what allows pensions, 401Ks, 403Bs, to split assets and allow the spouses to roll it into their separate IRA or retirement accounts. So it's a process, and one of the things that people have to plan for is they think they're going to go through a divorce and that that money, that retirement money, is going to be available to them right away. And what you see is once the divorce is final, you see it taking two, three, four months to get the retirement accounts actually split into separate accounts so that people really need to realize where their money is going to come from during that settlement process. The divorce is final. Great. Here's what I get. Here's what you get. But where's my income going to come from in the meantime? And most people don't think about that kind of stuff. No, no, and most attorney, attorneys don't either. They want to, you know, they get through this long divorce process that takes, geez, some of them take three years when there's a lot of assets. And so they're just as happy as the other person to get the divorce final and move on. And then, you know, the quadro comes from a different person and takes a longer time to process. And it's, it's a mess. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a big thing to go through. And you don't think that your expenses are going to be cut in half. That's not what happens. So keeping the house,
2: not keeping the house, these are all difficult decisions, and you really need to keep a good head on your shoulder during the divorce process because having been through a divorce, you feel like a failure. You feel like you created something that was supposed to last forever. You're supposed to get one shot at a perfect love in your life, and you blow it. So don't blow it. Don't make it worse by panicking and demanding you get the house. Don't make it worse by panicking and you know not doing things right and suing each other to oblivion. You want to love the person. Go through mediation. Don't well,
4: yeah, and it's and it's not just, it's both sides. There tends to be one person that wants to continue the conflict for a long period of time and another person that just wants it to end, so they make rash decisions and sometimes give up too much without sitting down with an advisor, doing long term cash flow projections. Because, you know, just like anything else, in divorce, cash is king, and, and knowing where each dollar is going to come from is extremely important and projecting that out over the long term.
2: And my final thought on this is. Don't forget to change all your paperwork beneficiaries after you divorce. And your passwords. And your passwords. <laughs> Don't make things a little bit worse, if you know what I'm saying, in the worst case now. You're listening to me, Rob Black. That was CFP Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Markets doing okay today. Um, I think 2014 looks like it should have a pullback. We haven't had a 10% correction in a while. And when it happens, be happy. And if it turns into 20, be happy. If it turns into 30%, be thrilled. If you're 60, hopefully you have an income strategy and that you're able to withstand pullbacks. Market goes up seven out of 10 years historically. That's why you want three years set aside in some sort of cash equivalent. If your financial planner's not getting to know you, I highly recommend working with a financial planner. Uh, There's only one certification that means anything to me. Insurance agent, no. Uh, Investment advisor, not enough. Certified financial planner, um, I think they have the knowledge base to give good advice. Now, what's weird is that there's some services out there, and I actually like this service, but I don't like the execution. It's Garrett Financial Planning Network, where... She does a lot of hourly. Consul- she sets up a network of people who will do hourly, you know, hourly consulting consultations, and that's what most people need under the age of forty. You don't really need to hire a CFP until you have three hundred, four hundred thousand dollars liquid, cruising towards retirement. I, I, I like the hourly model, but the sad part is, is that some of the people who are under her umbrella don't have accreditation, and you kind of want accreditation. You don't want someone who's like, well. Listen to what my boss says. You want them to have the ability to see and to understand what you need in your portfolio. United Health Group, Johnson Johnson up. Dow Jones Industrial Average up. Brokerages raise their ratings on United Health and Johnson Johnson. Johnson and Johnson makes no more tears baby shampoo. Now. When you were a little baby, your mama used Johnson Johnson No More Tears shampoo on you. She did at least before, oh, as long as she loved you. And then once you became a pest, she probably went with like, uh, <clears throat> like the alcohol-infused shampoos and got it in your eyes. But when she loved you, she used No More Tears. And you remember that lovingly and sweetly. And you'll be like, one day when I have a baby, I'm used Johnson & Johnson No More Tears. And there's that little baby, and it's a yellow bottle, and I know it. And babies are okay with it. Trust me, it's a damn good brand. do Band-Aids. And Snoopy Band-Aids included. So, interesting. Right? Netflix slid 4.2% today. Morgan Stanley downgraded the company on, based on competition. I don't think they've got competition, so I disagree with the Morgan Stanley angle right there. I think all of them kind of work together. Where if you have Amazon Prime, which I do, I'm kind of a big deal, people know me. Uh, How shall we say I'm famous? (laughs) I go to Home Depot typically every every other weekend. And the guy goes, hey, it's Rob Black. And I go, yes, yes, I'm kind of famous. And to me, that's just funny. It's ridiculous, but it is what it is. I get recognized for my TV work. Um, So Netflix gets a downgrade because of competition. Apple's got so much cash they could buy them. Should they? Get an Apple iPad, get you know three free months of Netflix content to go with their hardware. Give us Rob Black at your money. Don't forget, big event coming up in Palo Alto. A couple of Thursdays from now. More information at robblack.com. Rob
1: Black has a financial in- AM 1220 KDOW traffic.
5: Good morning. You have a multiple vehicle accident in San Jose. This report brought to you by Garmin. Northbound 87 after Curtner Avenue. Four-car crash. All four cars go off to the right-hand side. Mel is kind of a heavy ride. Westbound 237 from 880 to 101. Dumbarton Bridge, you got a two-car crash. Eastbound 84 at the high rise of the Dunbarton Bridge. It is in the right-hand lane. Two left lanes are now open. So you have a minor backup in that eastbound direction. Westbound traffic, though. You're stacked up as you make your way from the toll plaza. Colding 8 Bridge stalled Northbound 101 at the south. So it is sitting in that right-hand lane. Bay Bridge is metering lights still on, so approaching the toll plaza. You're backed up just beyond the 880 overpass as you make your way in. Mastrance is a pretty good option for you. Bart has no problems. Caltrain Muni also reported to be problem-free this morning. Hey, traffic. Don't hate. Drive happy. Get a Garmin UV with subscription-free HD digital traffic. and avoid traffic and construction delays with updates delivered as often as every 30 seconds. Drive with Garmin, the most trusted name in GPS. I'm Diane Davis with your Bay Area traffic.
3: Hi, I'm Kelly Clarkson and I've toured the country does You look so fine that I really wanna make you mine. I say you look so fine that I really wanna make you mine. Four, five, six, come on and get your kicks. Now you don't need the money when you look like that, do you, honey?
1: You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio station.
2: That Christmas song, "Baby, It's Cold Outside," seems to be the tone of the day, or maybe the tune of the day. Uh cold rush sweeping the nation has put a bid in natural gas futures. Um, oil prices spot gas prices. Uh, people take advantage of others when it gets cold. One of the more interesting stories today, I think, was Netflix saying they're going to produce all new content in 4K. Uh, smart. It's smart to get ahead of the curve, um, it's shaping up to be a big story. You know, the ABCs, NBCs, CBSs will respond to this instead of lead. To get your calls in the air, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. We talk about the year. Uh, Twitter, J.P. Morgan. J.P. Morgan is, you know, that's another story that kind of catches my eye. Uh, and what I mean by that is they've been hit with fine, billion dollar fine after billion dollar fine after billion dollar fine after multi-billion dollar fine and they're still standing cue Elton John song I'm still standing yeah 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 an unemployment benefits bill and I, I'm impressed by that we <laughs> i watching I know you're saying if you tell this story you better end it with and I was high I was watching the Muppets, and there's a scene where Miss Piggy starts a fight with someone, and he punches her in the face, and she goes, Is that all you got? Is that all you got? And he punches her again in the face really hard. Is that all you got? And after the fourth time, she's like, Is that all you got? And she falls over. And I was really high. (laughs) That story is probably fictional. Um... But J.P. Morgan keeps giving punches to the face and they're not, is that all you got? Billions and billions of dollars. You have to become more constructive when bad news isn't bad news. White House backed legislation to renew benefits for the long-term unemployed unexpectedly cleared initial Senate hurdle today. The bill's fate remains in doubt because it still has work to go through. The vote was 60-37 to, to limit debate on the three-month legislation with half a dozen Republicans siding with Democrats in the test vote. At the same time, Republican leader Mitch McConnell of Kentucky said he and his rank-and-file would seek changes to see that the bill's $6.4 billion cost would not add to deficits. We're in a bit of a quandary. The unemployment bill would restore between 14 weeks and 47 weeks of benefits averaging $256 weekly to an estimated 1.3 million Americans who have long-term joblessness. It's, here, here's the killer. When you're unemployed for a month or two, you burn through a, uh, assets, right? Any savings you had are gone. When you're unemployed for a year, you're basically bankrupt. It's not pretty to be on long-term unemployment. This is an election year. Everyone wants to look like they're doing the right thing by people. You know, an extension of temporary emergency unemployment benefits, Republicans are saying it shouldn't be paid for by tax holders. It should be cut from the deficit. It should be cut from spending. It'll be interesting to watch. Um, but whether we give people who are long-term unemployed money, it goes back into the economy usually. Now some people say it goes to drugs. They're just using drugs. Okay. I can't fight every fight out there. Uh, I'll just say, okay. You know, um, there is actually some very well-written literature suggesting that Americans should just give every American money. Our government should just give everyone a wage. Congratulations, you're an American. Now, a lot of people will say that doesn't make any sense. A lot of people will say it makes some sense. But you can't print money. It has to come from somewhere, right? And even if you raise taxes on the rich, it's not enough. You know, it adds up to an immaterial amount. Unless you're going to print money, and then at some point in time, countries won't lend you money. And you have to pay back that debt. So it has to come from some sort of spending project. So maybe if you say, okay. If we give everyone American money, then we're going to end Social Security. And you just get money. Okay, you can start seeing how it might start working. Maybe. I don't know. But there's an angle out there. And for the record, that wasn't my clapping. That was the two poor, low-income, low-paid board ops of the station cracking themselves up. Because uh, it stinks out there. People with college educations uh, aren't making ends meet. People without college educations definitely aren't making ends meet. And careers aren't shaping up to be the careers of our mom and dads and our mom and dad's moms and dads. Uh, Our parents had pensions. We don't. And again, I'm not crying about it. I've done something about it. I've sacrificed my 20s. But I'm pretty pleased with the results, all things considered. I don't know. Maybe it's cold outside. The SP 500 is looking to rebound after registering three consecutive losses. I'm not going to put a lot into the first five trading days angle. In theory, if the first five, five trading days are positive, then we're going to have a positive year. If they're negative, we're going to have a negative year. The last year that the market started as negatively as it has now was 1991 when the market was up 28%. Um, anyway, does anyone know what the word California means or comes from? 800 1220 to get your calls in the air. Don't forget to get an event coming up in Palo Alto at the Elks Club. It's an income and retirement replacement event, Thursday the 16th from 630 to 9 in Palo Alto at the Elks Club. Sign up at robblack.com.
3: The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Three-star general Michael J.
0: Flynn, head
3: of the Pentagon
0: Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's.